to Taylor Anderson and Brian Cullen about police policing, the national mindset of police and how they're losing their their familiarity and good good conscience with the deaf community and also an instance of misguided police work like incompetent work possibly but about a week ago in Oklahoma police shot a deaf man named Medial Sanchez, because he was deaf and waving a pipe in the air when they had first shown up to respond to a hit-and-run incident. <clears throat> uh, what happened was police showed up, were helping him, another police showed up out of nowhere and shot on sight. But uh, I guess really the the real issue here is police not opening up a clear line of communication with the people they're pretty much coming at. <clears throat> a lot of it has to do with uh, lack of funding, funding to bring police officers into a room where they can learn uh, how to interact with all these people. <clears throat> so what do, you, what do you guys think? is going on with police like lack of is it lack of funding or just lack of concern well i think it's uh i think it's a little bit of both um i guess with the lack of funding uh now basically uh which what i see is that you know police departments focus more on like let's say items like updated weapons updated cars and basically, like, updated equipment more than training. Because, uh, basically, like, when uh, I spoke to a police chief one time, and, um, you know, he told me that basically, like, the values that uh, police people who want to be police officers are taught in the academy is basically what people have been taught in the 40s, 50s. Basically, it's not, it's not updated or anything. And maybe, I'm not too entirely sure, but this is just my opinion, is maybe that um, that there's, like, a lack of funding in order to teach, like, police officers, like, you know, the views. Yeah, I mean, I know there's, like, a lot of um, other countries, like, I know, I think Sweden is the example that people use a lot um, for, like, the training argument where... They go through months and months of training before they're, you know, even allowed to, like, patrol the streets. In, in America, it's, like, a three-month, like, I, I can't remember exactly how long, like, the police academy um, takes, but it's, it's only a few months, and it's, it's a lot less compared to, like, other countries that have less problems with police than America. Well, <clears throat> uh, this lack of funding and all this poor, I mean, it, like, kind of creates an incompetency, but... Essentially, they half about here. I've got a graph here. About forty uh, percent of all inmates have disabilities, federal and in jail. And uh, what happens is a lot of these people don't get the the representation they deserve. 
uh, a lot of everything's lost in translation. But then um, a lot of that is it's kind of encompassing on police in detaining them and running the facts, and then also the judicial system. But uh, what, what do you guys think would be like a a good I don't know kind of like resolution or at least try to decrease the amount of inmates with disabilities? Well, I say, for instance, if we could relate that story about the deaf guy, I could say, uh, you know, in uh, prisons and stuff where there's deaf people, they should just be assigned an interpreter, plain or simple, because there could be, like, less communication breaks, and they can get the care. I know they're in jail for some reason. Maybe it's unjust. Maybe it's just. But you should still be denied, you know, your rights if you're disabled. So like an interpreter or even uh even like some inmates who aren't even institutionalized who are schizophrenic just you know supply them their medication that they need and stuff they shouldn't all in all uh people shouldn't be denied their rights if it's to help them uh i also read somewhere else that there's uh a program in some some prisons where inmates can actually learn sign language and then they'll be able to find a job in the police force afterwards for okay. for becoming an interpreter. But um, <clears throat> a lot of this has to do with, like, again, a lot of money. Just it's a lot of money training people, police officers, having paid uh, interpreters. But, uh, and I guess, like, an, a lot of the ways they do this is by, like, writing people tickets and all that. But, um, Brian... Bri you're, you're so you're an affiliate of the Iowa City uh, Campus Police. What what exactly do you do? Uh, so basically, I do this uh, program on Fridays. Uh, we walk around and um, we just ensure people's safety and stuff. Like I'm not an actual police officer, so I can't intervene on fights unless it's really necessary. But uh, usually, we just look out for people who've had maybe too much to drink and who just need a ride home or worse comes to worse needs an ambulance because they can barely walk and say we bring them back somewhere and they have no one else home to accompany them making sure they're safe you know they're fortunately you know could sleep all right and yeah yeah um now a, a few weeks ago you witnessed <coughs> or you intervened on something you mind explaining what exactly happened uh yeah so it was me and my partner we were walking down uh I'm not really too good with streets, but it was near this bar called Blue Moose Tap House, bar slash venue. And we, when me and my partner were walking down, just in front of us, we saw a guy fly out of, a, of Blue Moose Tap House. He was fighting with a bouncer, and this bouncer was like two times, three times his size. And he was just shoving the intoxica uh, intoxicated guy out. I don't know the reasoning why there was a fight, why the guy was getting kicked out, but... Uh, I, you know, got in front of them and stuff. They weren't swinging or anything, so I felt safe to get in front and try to break up the fight. I just remembered I, this is the first time in a while I had to like really shout and stuff. You know, I'm telling the guy it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth to get beaten up and stuff. So I was able to have the intoxicated guy who was fighting with the bouncer walk away. And I was standing in front of Bloom's Tap House for about five minutes, making sure the guy doesn't come back. But I got distracted, and the guy ended up coming back. And it was just too much. 
I should have said to him, you know, I'm about to call for a police officer, you know, to see what they would think instead of just saying, okay, he came back, he's going to fight with the bouncer more, I think this is getting out of control, better call an officer to be safe. Um, but I did it anyway, and one thing I meant to say was that a friend of the intoxicated guy was there trying to break up the fight. And you could probably tell he wasn't doing a good job about it, like he couldn't get his friend to calm down. So when I called officers and the officers came, um, they confronted the drunk guy that was fighting and his friend who was trying to break up the fight. And uh, I told the officers what happened. And then the officers, I remember, just looked at me, waving their head yes, which what I'm about to get to made me really angry. And then they just turned and then they asked the uh, intoxicated guy and his friend what are their ages? The intoxicated guy said 21. He did not look like 21, but that's my opinion. But his friend said, I'm 20. And then after that, one of the officers looked down at, th at the friend that said he was 20 and said, then what is this bar wristband? And, oh my God, after, after the officer said that, I'm like, oh, geez, are they really going to speak to this guy and not the attacker? And that's what they ended up doing. They ended up asking for his ID, his fake ID, and his real ID. So they had both of that, and they were just talking to the guy, saying, why were you drinking at, you know, a bar that you're under 21 to? And um, the attacker, he just said, oh, okay, I'm out of this. It was kind of a real, like, low-blow move that he left his friend that was getting questioned by the police let alone that the friend was doing absolutely nothing wrong. Okay, he's underage, but he wasn't belligerent or anything. He was actually trying to do a good thing. And, yeah, it was really, really bad, and I complained about it, and um, I ended up speaking to the police chief, and, you know, that's what he told me. Um, you know, they're taught certain ways to go about some things in police academy, and... Um, he did say that bouncers have like more power to them when they kick someone out. They have they're the ones who have to make a choice to call officers. So it's fair game, so maybe that's why. Yeah. But anyway, I thought it was crappy. Yeah. Well I mean, um <clears throat> there's a lot I feel like there's ninety percent of tickets in even though that's probably not a real number. Mm -hmm. But uh a lot of a lot of the arrests that happen in Iowa City are underage drinking all underage drinking tickets not not as much violence maybe more recently there's been more violence with the shooting but i feel it's like a lot of police officers out here are looking have tunnel vision or looking for underage drinking kids yeah i mean like what do you, what do you guys think yeah i mean the the story you told really gives a perspective of like what is important to the police department here um they'd rather you know, try to get a few drinking tickets, you know, underage drinkers out of the bars and, and have the have the university look better for it than, you know, actually stopping someone that might act violent, you know, either if it's in that situation or even in the future and he's not being disciplined for it. Um, so, you know, if they're not addressing that issue, that's definitely a problem because it's showing, you know, where their priorities lie. Mm -hmm. If I could just make a quick comparison. Um, so I'm, I'm actually from the Bronx area of, of New York City. And um, 
I've seen how like the NYPD works and stuff, and I know this sounds bad now about officers targeting um, drunk students. They, as far as approaching the students and talking to them, you know, that's still a problem. But I feel that they're better in not arresting students. They just confiscate their fakes and they just give them a warning. But obviously, if one of the officers recognize that that's their, you know, second offense, they'll take them in. But I, when I find NYPD, and this is not me bashing, it's just me by looking, you know, at it. And trust me, I want, I'm interested in being a police officer myself. And I find that NYPDs, they're not uh, so, I guess, sympathetic or anything like that. They just looking for an excuse to arrest you and, you know. I don't personally think they they mean no like they mean no harm themselves, but it's probably their job and their job pressing on them. And you don't really get paid a lot in the city. You have to, I think it's five years. If you do five years there and you show like really like if you're successful at the job, you can get an eighty-five thousand dollars salary. And then after ten years, it goes to a hundred. But other than that, there's a lot of young officers in the city graduating all the time, and they have to spend five years making pennies yeah okay so no. but uh I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go on a rant here real quick about uh police in iowa city about how they're essentially just adult babysitters they're they're really only looking after drunk kids um some violent violent crimes and mostly just keeping the general college population separated from the actual residents of iowa city that have been here for a, a long time uh, a while ago, I got a smoking ticket in front of the library, and when I asked a police officer what he thinks he does, he answered, I enforce. Uh, nothing about community, nothing about keeping protection, nothing about serving. He was purely interested in serving me this ticket and nothing else. And it's essentially just like it was a big slap on the hand, and it felt like I was getting yelled at by my mom. <laughs> at least we can choose our babysitters. Our babysitters can spank us, but, like, police will just arrest us, and if you're on the wrong side of them, they'll just beat the crap out of you. But um, maybe if we spend a little bit more time looking at police and having, a, like, a casual conversation with them rather than drunk kids yelling at them or <clears throat> automatically being defensive as soon as we come into contact with one another, things would ease up. But, uh... We really need to look at the competence of police officers and how we treat them and also how they treat us. But uh, thanks, Brian, for coming in. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you.